a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Denver Supercross wrap-up. We went to Denver for the first time since 96, so basically like the first time ever. Uh, and we're coming off Nashville, where we went for the first time uh, ever uh, a couple weeks, last week. So, yeah, lots to talk about when it comes to Denver and all that went on. Eli Tomac. Adam C. Cirillo. It was a green weekend for the folks at Kawasaki in Denver. And we'll break it all down. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing. Flyracing.com, please. Check them out on the web. You know they're a big part of everything we do at Pulp, and we really appreciate that. Great guys, great company, great gear as well. Uh, they got Damon Bradshaw working for them, and what else do you need to know? Uh, Formula Helmet is out now, and um, it is uh, fantastic. It is a work of art. And WPS Fly Racing guys spent a ton of money, a million bucks or something, maybe over a million bucks, to develop this helmet and get it tested uh, independently for low-speed crashes, for high-speed crashes. And, uh, yeah, this is their answer for a high-end, uh, really great helmet. And it vents good, and it's light, and it fits amazing. So, please, if you're mar- in the market for something, um, you know, a little higher-end for helmets, take a look at the Formula One. Please do. Also, we want to thank Maxis, Maxis.com. AJ Cantonzaro raced Denver on a Bora bike, all beat up. With a Maxxis sponsorship and Maxxis MXST tires. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, who was also there. And I wonder if McGrath's Maxxis hooked up pretty good in Nashville when he did the knack-knack. I bet it did. Uh, and also uh, want to thank Slickwash, slickwash.com. Uh, use the code Steve when you go there to save on the three-step wash uh, process. It's guaranteed your bike will look great after every wash. Monster Energy Pro Circuit uses it as well as I do, too. I just washed the intents with uh, their foam brush and their uh, spray. So thanks to uh, Slick Wash as well for coming on board. And Alpine Stars, the Tech 10, the most advanced boot in moto today. Eli Tomac wears it, wears the gear as well, and just one, so it must be good. I love the Tech 7s myself. Lots of color choices. They fit really good. They don't have the booty, so if you're if you're into boots without the booty, because some people aren't booty booty. I just like saying that word. But uh, Tech 7, man, fits good. Uh, if you've got wide feet, if you've got big calves, two things that I have, uh, the Tech 7 is fantastic, man. I've honestly never worn a boot that didn't make my feet sore at the end of the day because of the width I have in them. But the Tech 7 is the one. So I love those boots as well. So, all right, uh, JT, Weege are coming up. We're going to talk about the live show as well at the Oriental Theater we did on Friday night. So lots to talk about when it comes to Denver. Let's get this rolling. All right, let's get into this, like I said, uh, with Weege and JT talking about Denver. On the line uh, from uh, Racer X Online, my boss, the voice of GNCC, the voice of Quads, the voice of Geneva Supercross, the voice of Endurocross, the voice of Flat Track, the voice of American Motocross, the voice of really anything you want to pay him to be, the voice of Hawaiian Supercross as well, coming up, by the way. Jason Wygant. 
Yeah. What's up, Weege? Yeah, it was good. We got some more Hawaii Hawaii info. We got the five O on Hawaii. Yeah. Four one one on Hawaii five O. Our buddy Eric Bernard was there this weekend. Uh so yeah, looking forward to that. More announcing. Yeah, more announcing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if you give me money, I will talk. Money makes the monkey dance for for Jason yes, Morgan. Yes, I've learned from some of the best, like our buddy Rob Bidas. That's right. how you do business. Yep. Uh, also on the line from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. He was there this weekend, of course, uh, running the VIP program for the uh, RMATV MC KTM team. He's a Montreal Supercross champion. He's not going to be a Hawaiian Supercross champion, despite me asking him to race uh, almost every day for the last few weeks. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? I do not have any more Hawaiian Supercross info, so I will, uh, I will be picking your guys' brains after this phone call. Just a heads up on that. Uh, <laughs> But as far as Denver goes, I am uh, here, I was there, and I'm ready. Right. Um, so, hey, we did another live show. Uh, we should touch on that at the Oriental Theater in Denver Friday night. Denny Stevenson came up. Will Hahn came up. Somehow Buddy Antones came up. That was unplanned, but also very cool. Uh, man, these are fun, Weege. They're a lot of fun. We, I think we sold the place out. Um, I know there was standing room. There wasn't no more chairs. And uh, it was just, it's man, these are fun. They go by quick. I, I, get, I get nervous for them. Um, beforehand, and and then they end up just breezing through, and we have a ton of laughs. Yeah, it's almost scary, the power that you have uh, with Pulp. I mean, I would like to say Racer X is contributing its fair share, but the amount of inside jokes, and dude, fresh stuff. I'm talking stuff you had in your show on Monday. Weimer jokes from Monday on a show on Friday night. Pulp Nation was, was ready to laugh. I Yeah, if you had asked me you know, before the first time we did this in Vegas last year, like, can we entertain a crowd for two hours? I'd have been like, eh, maybe, I hope. <laughs> but, right? Like, yeah. they hang on every word. Like, the crowd loves it. They laugh at the jokes. We laugh at what they have to say. We had some hilarious questions from the audience. It was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun, JT, these things are. Yeah, they're awesome. I think, uh, you know, going into the one last year uh, at Monster Cup, we were kind at proof of concept like if this was gonna be something we could continue to do uh and you know i'm happy to say after doing two of them they're they're only getting better so uh you know i I was telling so many people over the weekend they're like oh man it's awesome there's a lot of people there and and i kind of told them like hey it's it's really fun for us like as long as we don't lose a ton of money doing these things like we would do it if just a few people showed up like we all enjoy it yeah because for us you know we, we spend so much time on the phone doing shows just like this one and then tomorrow night and then Wednesday and then Thursday. Uh, so <laughs> for a chance for everybody to get together and actually do it in person all together, that doesn't happen very often. So it's a, it's a cool dynamic for us too. Yeah. It's, it is unbelievable. Like you said, we the, the people that are into it and the people that are just, they follow the show. They, 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 they listen to us um, argue more than often on this thing, uh, on the pulp show. It, it's, it's unbelievable, man. And, and thanks everybody. If you bought a ticket, if you were there and, uh, I mean, thanks to Denny, too. Stevenson was great. Uh, Will Hahn was great. Will Hahn was like, okay, thanks, Will. Uh, we're going to bring Denny Stevenson. He's like, no. No, I'm staying up here. We're like, okay. We'll just get a mic then. <laughs> you know, it brings me to a point that I made. I did a podcast, Racer X Podcast Network Exhaust. Very, very, very good show. I highly recommend you subscribe. I did a podcast with uh, our buddy Adam Cincerillo on Friday afternoon before we did that. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, I said, Hey, dude, I think we're all lucky that you didn't dominate. You won the first Supercross you were in, and then you had some setbacks. And I think you're part of the reason you're really cool with us 
is because you didn't dominate immediately. Because I don't know if you know what it was like to deal with, like, Stu and his peak, but he didn't really need us at all. And it made it very difficult. And anytime people try to start um, spinning it negative, like, these riders today, they're so hard to deal with. I'm like, no, they're not. They're actually not. Most of the riders are really cool. And my example here is Will Hahn is essentially a team manager. He came up on stage. Doing a little, he's got a drink in his hand. He's telling us stories, hilarious stuff. Some of it's probably not even politically correct. He didn't get in trouble. It was fine. I don't think there's many sports where that would happen. Right, you know? right, right. So that's just the one of a million examples. I, he's not a racer anymore, but he is a team manager. That is a position of high profile, and he was letting it fly. You get it every Monday with your guests on the show. I think we're in a phenomenal place in this sport where people, to me, are as open as they've ever been. Yes, there's a few examples the other way around, but I think most of the industry is really good at this stuff, and it really helps us. Yeah, I agree. I think you've got to be a little bit different, a little bit off. Off's the wrong word, maybe, but a little bit different, a little bit unique to, to be into motocross and race motocross and like it and, oh, okay. and, and hit the ground, uh, you know, jumping in the air and hitting the ground. Yeah. And yeah. I just think you've got to have something a little off with you. Um, not always, not yeah. everybody, of course. It's a general yep. statement. But, so that, in, that induces some characters. Right, that induces. Yeah, I just think yep. that's part of it. Like we're all a little off because we race motocross or road dirt bikes or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just think it's a, it's an industry ripe of think of all the characters we know, good and bad, in this in the pits that roam the pits. Where we're like, is this guy for real? Is this a real yeah. human being? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I think there's some of that, but um, yeah, the, Maybe. Yep. The, the guys that are harder to deal with or don't do anything or whatever, I just shake my head at them. I'm just like. There's this base of people that want to know you. They want to know what's up with you. They want to get involved in your in your life and and all that. And and I just some of the guys, I'm just like, okay, that's not their thing. I get it, but I just wonder, like, man, you could be helping your career out, JT, by by opening yourself up a little bit and and not taking everything so seriously. I guess, but that's their prerogative. Well, but no, you're you're correct. Uh, but I also think that, and I. Man, I, I really don't like giving you compliments, uh, but I think you have opened the door to exposing a lot of these guys' personalities, too, because I can remember when I was racing, I was pretty closed off. I didn't really, I wasn't very uh, extroverted, I guess if that's a word, uh, when I was racing. But at the same time, there weren't really any outlets to, to do any of this. If you weren't winning the races, like if you weren't Chad Reed or Carmichael or McGrath or these guys, um, most often nobody was going to know anything about you yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I, I think you've done a great job of exposing a lot of these people and opening a door to get to know a lot of these people better. Uh, but to your point, yes, if you are willing to step outside the box and um, be sociable with people and, and be outgoing at the races, I mean, look at, look at Adam Insig now. If, if you look at his results on paper – yeah, nobody really would probably care. And that's harsh, but it's, it's true. You know, I live that life. Um, but the way he is off the motorcycle and as engaging as he is, he's created a whole fan base for himself and a following that would never be there otherwise. I mean, he's the perfect case study for exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and I just, I think I have, um, I think I have a sense of someone's, personality or a sense of someone's character and when i meet some of these guys and you guys know the same people i'm like i have to 
I got to know more about this guy, whoever this guy is, right? Like, you're just like, I need to dig into this person. I, I want to know more about this person. And uh, and that's how things happen, right? And that's how well, we, we look do at it. The so. guys you've, look at the guys you've uncovered with A-Ray and all. I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of these yeah. guys you've, you've Phil. uncovered. Phil, Phil. Yep. Canadian yep. Arena Cross winner. Phil Nicoletti wow. round two. Um, when was um, the last time Phil won a race? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did, I mean, oh, this no, is no, awesome. wait. He won a heat. Phil. He won a heat in 250 class. Oh, he did win a heat. He did win a heat. 250 yeah. Supercross, right? I think he won a in, heat. In uh, Seattle, I think. Yeah. Yep, Seattle. Yep. That's right. Yep. yep. So um, that might Good be the last Phil. time Phil won. Um, yeah, Good for Phil. Yeah, Weege, you always bug the shit out of me these live shows because you show up 10 minutes before and you don't think about the prep. You don't go anything and you always bug me and this week you showed up super early but that's because you got the t- we, we 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 had a little bit of miscommunication and you thought we were going on the stage in 10 minutes or something so you actually showed up uh by mistake way early so thank you yeah yeah i thought we started at, at six so i got there at five thirty, and that turned out we didn't start till seven right uh yeah but the, the thing is that's the earliest i could get there like i was at press day all day and i had racer head and things and stuff to write for racer x but anyway uh i don't know what and jt Oh, JT and I, we completely, we're, we're eye to eye on this one. I don't know what you're doing the prep for. That first hour of the show before we have a guest, it just happens. I don't even know what the prep, it makes no difference. The prep makes no difference. It <laughs> oh, doesn't do anything. Oh, so none of those topics you think I wrote down and talked to, wanted to bring up? Like, what do you think? What do you mean? It would have worked. It would have worked fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's good. Like, I think it's good that you do it. I just don't think it's necessary. Like, I think the show would be probably just as good without it. But oh, I'm all Jesus, for it because yeah. it, it keeps us on task, at least. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I understand you have to make sure we mention Marty and make sure we mention Stu and the 250 class rules. So, <laughs> if, if, at least that keeps us in our box. That's cool. Uh uh, yeah. JT, it was great to see Weege, too, like, do himself up for the show and everything. It was great to, to see that. Oh, yeah. He, like I told him, he brought half of the truck with him on his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight from the muddy. Sorry, not muddy. Let's just get into the race. Let's start there. Let's get into the race. I came straight from the not muddy racetrack to our show. Well, you know, JT and you guys have you guys have battled over the weather and mud races for two years now. We've started to talk about it more um, because uh, on the shows because this has been an ongoing thing. And at different times on Friday and Saturday, each one of you won. Eventually, why again? You win with the fact that it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. But at some point, snow was flying in practice. So I don't really know. I think it's a wash. You both were maybe right. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys argue here. about the, the night show weather. I don't know if it, if it's just night show weather. I have no idea. So it wasn't a mud race. That's that's no. Nope. Oh, it was far from that. Yep. And so I guess yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're claiming it. But I was definitely scared. I mean, what three hours maybe of snow? Yeah, it's crazy. Two. Yeah. It just never really – it was those kind of flurries. It didn't really stick. And the track was so dry for starters. I think we are all misled because when we saw pictures of the track covered in snow, the snow was white, the tarps are white. It didn't look like the track had tarps on it. So I thought we were in for a disaster, but they had it covered. They shoveled the snow off. They removed the tarps. The track was dry. A little more snow didn't hurt it. It was definitely not a mutter, but, boy, that would have been really bad if that track wasn't covered. But the, but to be fair to the locals, like when those track walk, when the track photos covered in snow were circulating around social media, people who live there were hitting me up and saying it's fine, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry, it's it's gonna, yeah. you know, like don't even stress. And I think the crowd was good, by the way, even with snow in the afternoon, the day of the race, the yeah. crowd was solid. I thought. Yep, yep. So JT, you're gonna take a loss on this one. Yeah, I gave it my best effort. I mean, I really, I pulled out all the stops. 
Um, I defied the forecast. The forecast was supposed to be sunny on Saturday. I brought two hours of snow. Mm-hmm. I basically manufactured two hours of snow right. to try to combat uh, this loss. But even uh, even during the snow, I could tell, and, and this is my six and a half years of living in Boise talking now, um, there, was, there was no accumulation, and it was too warm. So I knew it wasn't going to do enough to make it really muddy, and the base was so dry that it was just really soaking it up, and it was just getting a little icy. Uh, so, yeah, even during the midst of the afternoon snowstorm, I was already prepared to take the L. So, yep, you win, Weege. Nice work. And once again, Weege will uh, say that uh, we just – we have a three-hour window. That's all we care about. That's all we need is this three-hour window. <laughs> that, I will say, though, I will say the most important factor in all of this is how dry and hard the dirt was because it could basically take any moisture you threw at it. It was so dry. I mean, it, that snow dried up. No, it was. And the next practice came around. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was slick and getting a little, a little slick and a little muddy-ish, and then all of a sudden it stopped, and now it got Vegas, and now it got Vegas it was, hard. It, it was, was. It was. It was Dallas when it was back in the old stadium. Yeah. The outdoor stadium and and Vegas. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It was those those races. Yeah, crazy. Um, easy track though, JT. Not uh, not much to it, and not much was going to happen. We did the fly racing pulp show in the pits and i mean we kind of all called it like the start would be huge and it certainly was uh yeah not not much going on with the track no and you wonder if they were were they in a hurry to build it you know with the incoming snow they got it covered which was the most important um the design on paper i, I wrote an article about on thursday was it was pretty decent. I thought the rhythm sections were fairly unique. Um, there were multiple options that you could have pulled off, I, I, and I think the traction played a role in that too. But, yeah, when you look at it, there were there were a lot of 90s, and then the sections really were not open to, to even block passing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the more basic tracks I've seen in a long time, and, you know, the riders were kind of joking about it like, you know, did, did they know that we were racing before the Futures guys got out there? Yeah, or... that, that far triple was, they just ran out of dirt. Yeah. I mean, that thing was six feet high? I, I don't know. It was. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it definitely affected the racing. Um, you know, you watch that battle between Savachi, Bogle, Roxon, Baggett, you know, and they were all just kind of following each other. And, and there were some aggressive moves made there, but yeah, they all – more than not, they followed each other for you know eighteen minutes or whatever. Right. I uh, I talked to a uh, a retired rider that's around the races quite a bit, and he's friends with the track crew. Mm-hmm. And he told me that uh, there was there was some uh, there was an etiquette about uh, what are you doing with these whoops? Why are they so big? They're hurting riders from from some very VIPs. Uh, not in not in the pits. VIPs from right. Feld from Feld. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that because. It's, it's kind of that knee-jerk reaction. You know, they go aggressive in the whoops, and then you lose a couple riders, and riders are crashing, and then it's almost like, man, we can't do that again. Let's go yeah. way the opposite direction. Like, it's the extreme opposite the next weekend, and, and it's it's so transparent because of how easy they were. I mean, they were when I walked the track, you know, I had my, my VIP program, and they are asking me, man, are these big? And I'm like, honestly, these are the easiest whoops I've seen all year. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. I mean, it's crazy yeah, yeah. how far the opposite end of the spectrum they went with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's that whole thing in the pits that KTM and Roger don't. They get the whoops rolled down all the time. Um, you know, certainly there's been a lot of people vocal about that, and some of that is truth, I believe. But I don't know how much, how much of the um, the stigma is actually all the time or whatever. But this week, 
yeah, apparently it came down from some people that felt like, hey, what are you doing? So, um, yeah, I get it. Whatever. Um, we we saw a couple of big sets the last few weeks, so you know. What are the injuries though? Like, yeah, okay, I, I know whoops obviously have the potential to be dangerous, Forkner. but is that where we're really seeing Forkner. the huge stuff? Well, Forkner, I mean, we, just lost, we just lost Forkner for the season, probably. So that's it. I mean, well, I feel like there's a race, nearly it. red flag or red cross flag due to a rhythm lane, probably twice every night. So, so we lost Forkner yeah, instead of whoops, and I, that's it. I think the whoops are easily changed. It is something they can reduce the risk on very easily with a phone call. They can basically say, yeah, don't do that again. We lost Sportner. Right. The point, the guy that was second in points crashed on the second lap in him. Uh, there were, multi, you know, guys crashing all over the place. Like, hey, there's three rounds left. We need all the stars to stay healthy. Just don't do that again. And, and right or wrong, I think it's just an easy call to make, and they're reducing the risk. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get into the race. So – Eli won again. Um, he is not Elito this this weekend. Uh, he rode well, man. Um, crushed it. Absolutely ripped through the pack. Didn't get a great start. Uh, okay start and caught fire. He's 18 down. I mean, we tried. He's 18 down. Or, or where are you at on this? Yeah, I think the glimmer of hope, it's, it's two things. He's riding awesome now, and I think it's, he's fixed a lot of the problems. So for that, obviously, this are, these are huge, huge positives. That's the good side. The bad side is I think he's now seen there's really no pathway because, again, 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 Cooper Webb, like, yes. probably wasn't the second-best guy, and he got second again. I really felt like after last week, I'm like, I could see Eli getting a win and Webb getting a fourth. What's that, eight points? You know? Yep. And he goes from 21 down. You're hovering around 14, 15 with two races to go and a weekend off to think about it. There's just very little pathway when I, I got to imagine at some point Eli came across and they were like, Webb got second, and he must have been like, this is it. Like, this is the dude is not going to screw up. Like, he's just not going to screw up. And I'm shocked that Cooper caught Marv. Uh, by the way, there were no team tactics because Marv was tied for second in the points at the time. He's not giving those points up on purpose. Uh, but just the fact that Webb, on another night that he wasn't spectacular, right. still gets second. Mar- there's, there's no pathway here. Uh, Marv. Marv can't let that happen. He can't. He can't lead. No. The, he can't lead the race. Get a whole shot. Lead the race. Uh, did he get the official whole shot? I think so. Um, yeah, he did. Uh, he can't get the whole shot. Lead laps. Uh, he can get passed by Tomac. I get it. Home home race. Eli riding. Eli at the peak of his powers is generally speaking faster than Marv at his peak. Uh, we've seen that over the years. Not always lately, but but generally speaking. But he can't let Coop catch him. And uh, and if you look at the lap times between the two guys, I was looking at him this morning. They stayed pretty close, but Marv had a couple of bad ones at the end, and uh, and that and that and that did it. I didn't see any mistakes by Marv, so I don't know what happened if there was lappers or whatever. But JT, you can't you can't do that, Marv. No, and uh, I mean basically at this point, there are no more excuses. You know, he had every opportunity to win, and he simply wasn't fast enough. Uh, that's really what it came down to, and it, and it was in the heat race too. He he did not ride well. I spoke with Alden, pa- Alden Baker after the heat, and uh, he mentioned you know mistakes, and we both agreed he was riding very tight and not the way he had been riding the last month or so. And uh, then he got the whole shot, and it was very apparent because you know everybody was watching. Uh, there were a few sections where he just didn't have the pace. You know those guys were uh, they were 
doing the triple and then a 90 and then the, the kind of wheelie on and then double wheelie through the second double before the easy triple. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense yeah. to follow? You know, Cooper was killing him there. Eli was killing him there. And he just never figured out the wheelie through the section. And it was half a second a lap probably, you know, wheeling through that. Um, the whoops, he was okay. Like it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was just little stuff here and there. And to me, I give, I give Webb a lot of credit because about halfway or maybe, maybe eight minutes in, he flipped a switch with Savachi and basically said, okay, I'm, I'm done with this now. And he dropped his lap time and, and took off. And he went after Marvin. Uh, and I've been slow to credit Cooper right or wrong. You know, I, I feel like he deserves to win this title, but I, I haven't been that forthcoming with basically saying that he has gone out of his way to get it. But that ride was really impressive, and no, he didn't win the race, and yes, Eli was better. But yeah, it was... in that situation, man, he could have he could have given a lot of points away there, and he did the exact opposite. I mean, he minimized the damage. He kept the lead to 18. He beat one of the guys that was tied for – I mean, he rode incredibly well in the face of what could have gone sideways for him. Um, so, yeah, Marvin – you know, Ricky Carmichael said on the broadcast it was probably the end for Marvin, and I – I tend to agree, barring disaster. But leaving there, I thought Cooper had one of the most impressive rides, maybe even more so than Eli, because Eli's kind of riding with not reckless abandon, but no pressure, you know, and Cooper's got all the pressure in the world, and he, he really rose to the occasion. Yeah, real real bummer uh, for Marv and his fans, I guess, because, yeah, it it, it, it can't happen this late in the year, and, and, I, and I'm with you, like, now it's – now it's a two man race. If it if it is if it is, if it even is a two man race, it's it's now Tomac and and Webb. There's no chance Marv can rebound to you know to get into that mix. I don't think this is this was a, like a soul crushing thing. Combine it with last week and everything else, you know. So um, it, was, it was a bit soul crushing. I think it was a bit soul crushing for Eli too. And you know, Weege min- mentioned that you know when he stopped, they would have told him that Cooper got second. Well, Eli would have been watching all this, you know, because he had a big lead and he's kind of riding around out there, so he's gonna. He just that's just how what these guys do in a 29-lap race or whatever it is. You're looking around and seeing what's happening. And in a point situation, of course, he's going to want to find out where Cooper is. So he's watching. He's kind of – we call it marking him so you can see if somebody's catching you or not. But he's watching this battle go down. So I think it was a bit soul-crushing for Eli, too, because he can see an opportunity to make up, you know, five, seven points there. And it only ends up being three. You know, as, as great as the win was, yeah. you, you feel like you – you that um, Cooper basically stole some points back there. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a good ride for both Tomac and Webb. Absolutely. Uh, twenty eight laps they did, <laughs> and uh, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of laps. And and the guys mentioned to me after the race, like it was hard to focus, hard to concentrate. You're just going around and around and around. And uh, and, and I get it. So, um, all right. So yeah, good ride for uh, Tomac and Webb, and eighteen down. If if Tomac, okay, this is. This might be a dumb question. It's possible. I've asked some dumb questions before. Weege, if we Cho- if, thank you. Yeah. If if Tomac rips off the next two wins, right? He has seven wins on the year to Webb six, but of course he doesn't win the title. Webb gets the title. Is it still a disappointing year? Seven wins, no title. He had nine wins, no title last year. Ten wins, no title the year before. Dude, you can ask Eli that question. I know. Throw this at him right now. Well, Call him right now. Of course. Call him right now. I mean, he won't pick up, but I could try. Um, okay. No, 
I know he would be. I'm saying from the like from the outside. Like, do we forget about all the weird ass races he had if he wins the most races again in the season? Do we forget about As it? I alluded to a little bit. I think he's at least happy to have turned the corner, and you know, I think it's pretty clear they, they've this isn't just like lightning in a bottle. Like they've fixed something. Something's better. So I'm sure that is a huge relief, oh, and he feels way better than I he did wouldn't three weeks go. ago. I would not go as far as what you said. I know he just won two in a row. I'm not ready to say he fixed something, and now this is this is it's on now. I, I... No, 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 no. I'm not going to say that it's done, Oh, but okay. for sure they're better than they were three weeks ago. This is not. Okay. They, they've definitely turned a corner. I don't know if they're right where they right. want to be or it's 100% fixed, right. but I think they've made some fixes. It's better than it was, and I'm sure he feels way better than where he was four weeks ago, three weeks ago. That's great, but at the same time, dude, there's no way he's going to go three seasons in a row winning the most races and be anything but super, super, super pissed and bummed about it. Okay, but do we do we think it's a successful season? Do we not remember all the weirdo races? No, man. This is it, Another year like this only, to me, puts the – the the thing on the tombstone even more mm-hmm. like he's going to he's just continually going to be known as I cannot believe how fast he is and how he wins races and somehow doesn't win this title like it's unfortunately it just made the same narrative even more distinct okay. uh, than mm-hmm. it was and I even talked to Eli a little about that on Friday and he's like yeah I know the only way to really stop that I have to win this title if I win this title one year that'll stop a lot of that but until I do that's the story you 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 and, were you weren't the press yeah. day you said he was in a great mood. I could, I've never seen him like that. And all weekend, I even saw he was on my rental car shuttle uh, last night at the airport. I've never seen him like this talkative, this pumped, this happy. You know, I'm sure the home race had a lot to do with it more than anything. But uh, he's aware that he's winning a lot of races and not winning the titles. That's right. not a stigma that any rider wants. Mm-hmm. And this is potentially going to be yet another, a third year in a row of that. Dude, he's top 10 all time. 450 Supercross wins, zero titles. But think, think of it from his perspective. You know, he's won so many races, right? And he very well could. The way he's riding, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he won the next two. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, and you look at it, he's like, okay, I got Dungey out of the way. I don't have to worry about him anymore. Now I finally beat, you know, Anderson's not there. Don't have to worry about him. I beat Marvin. I beat Roxon. Oh, crap. This Cooper Webb guy came, and now he beat me. You know, it's like, what do I have to do? to find a way to, you know, to win this thing. Like, going into the season, I don't think you could have convinced him at all that this would be the situation 15 rounds later, where he's beat his main rivals. He beat the guys he was probably really worried about. You know, when he's training, the guys he's thinking about, I got to beat. And Cooper Webb is going to be the one that dethrones this whole run. I just don't think that was even in the realm of his thought process. So next year is just Savachi wins, beats him. He beats everybody. He beats Webb next year and everybody else, and then Savachi wins. You can convince me of anything. Osborne, (laughs) anybody. I I mean, there there was no possible way to predict this Cooper Webb deal. Like, there's just no way. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, Bogle. What do you think, Steve? Is there a chance that he actually looks at this as a positive season? I I was... I said it was a dumb question. I preface it with that, okay. and, and and then I started thinking about more like, no, he's not going to. Do we? We've spent so much hours of podcasting talking about his weirdo races and what in the hell's wrong with Eli Tomac that if he rips off the next two wins and finishes with seven, do we just forget all about that? It's no. going to be the same exact thing. No. It's going to be what could have been, which was the, yeah, but, it yeah. was the but that d- was seventeen and but, that was eighteen. No, and but it's be 19. this is different. The last two years, he had a mechanical. He missed a race with an injury. That is why he lost, 
right? This year has been, why did you lose, Eli? Sometimes he just rode weird and bad. You know, it'll be but a if different... He, if he, but I, what I'm, I guess you're, you're not wrong. I'm just saying if he ends the season with four wins in a row, there's going to be what could have been. I mean, there's just no way to avoid that. Yeah. That thought process. Right. It's just, but he, you know, it's different. It's a different loss if, if, if he does it. So um, that's all. It's a different type yeah, of loss. I agree. Here's the problem for Tomac, man. If he doesn't eventually win this title at some point, he's going to be, anytime anyone has a pressure problem, what does anyone ever say? Oh, Bradshaw, dude, Bradshaw, Bradshaw. Dude, that was 27 years ago now. Always going to be referenced. That's, that's the all-time choke. So if Tomac ends up never winning the Supercross title, anytime for the next 50 years, a rider wins a lot of races but can't get titles together. Ah, he's another Tomac. Like, he's going to have to carry the I'm the number one example of winning races but not getting titles well, stigma. That's going to suck yeah. unless he does this. And I know what you're going to say. He's won plenty of titles, and he has. But look at the conversation we're having right now. It well, still comes back to this one. You're going to have I think he, you're going to have the people right now. The narrative with some media and some people, fans, are going to be, of course he's winning. There's no pressure. He's, 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 there's no, no pressure. I don't, I'm not buying it. No. I'm just, that's going to be Bad a narrative either. you are going to hear. So I think no. the only the only way say this doesn't ever happen for me never wins a Supercross title which I don't think that's going to happen but who knows right it's not going to come yep. easy especially with these guys getting better and guys moving up and yada yada uh, the only way I think he can quell that and have a chance to is if he continues to win these outdoor titles that's his only you know otherwise you're exactly right it's going to be. You know this got the best rider that never won a championship, and that's not, I don't think that's I don't think that's something these guys really want to be labeled with. But it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like uh, Wyndham, you know, Wyndham will be happy. I've ever seen anything like this. Wyndham will be stoked. Yeah, but I mean, Tomac <laughs> was so much better than Wyndham. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, no. But Wyndham's Wyndham got Wyndham, Wyndham's got that title now. Wyndham has a title now. But, yeah, I just don't. I don't want all the Wyndham fans coming at me about that. But Tomac, you look at it, the record. I mean, Tomac. Wyndham never dominated like this. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just saying Wyndham has the title for fastest riders to never have a 450 Supercross title. You know? So. Do you think I would? Yeah, I guess so. Just longevity wise. I think Bradshaw could have easily gotten that had he stuck around. But yeah, yeah, Wyndham with longevity has got to be there. Um, All right, let's move on. Uh, Bogle. Bogle. This is what makes, and I said this in my post race podcast, this is what makes this sport so damn hard to cover because you're just like, Hey man, like you've been riding great lately. Like, what's the deal? He's like, oh, I just, I'm more comfy. I feel better. I had a few health problems that he never mentioned and never talked about, and now I feel better. And now Bogle is better, and Bogle won a heat race. Bogle and Sealy won the heat races, everybody. So just put that in your pipe. And we were in Colorado, so put that in your pipe and, and smoke it. Um, uh, yeah, I just like it's just bizarro. Just good job for Bogle, fourth place, and like you mentioned, JT. Baggett got hot about halfway through the race and really caught fire. Savachi rode well the whole time and was in the mix, and they were going at it, and Roxon was, was, was right there as well. So um, that was a cool battle to watch. But Bogle got fourth, Weege, and that's awesome. Yeah, he's been better. We've seen it. You know, if you're at the races, you see it in practice. He's definitely getting better. Uh, but even as good as he was in practice this time, and even winning the heat, which was awesome. I mean, he didn't just win it. He even pulled away. At one point, he was riding awesome. I still didn't expect it in the main event, especially when I knew there was a chance they were going to do 30 laps. I know no matter what, it's the same exact amount of time of racing, but that's just a lot of riding, and I still wasn't sure if he could just hold that pace the entire time, but he did. And I know the track was hard to pass on, but 
he didn't just roadblock dudes. Like, he rode as fast as them. I mean, at any point where you're like, oh, Ken Roxon is so much faster than Bogle. He just can't do anything with him. Like, he rode awesome. I don't know where this came from. I didn't expect it to, you know, go 28 laps deep. No problem. But that's great. Like, it's all anyone wants, right? More contenders, more guys up front, more cool stories. Yeah. I think people like Vogel in general because, as we said at the top of the show, we like it when riders are a little bit different. He's definitely got a personality to him, and you want to see, you know, want to see they get highlighted sometimes. So is this there, is great, but I didn't expect it in the main. Like there, that. that was amazing. Is there any doubt that Vogel is Anton's favorite rider ever? <laughs> <laughs> ever. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Funny, yeah. Steve, I was uh, I listened to your interviews this morning on the plane, and uh, I was laughing to myself when you said that about trying to cover these guys, because okay, you, with your status and you and Weech both in this sport, you know, let's say you're Bob Ryan with the Boston Globe or whatever, right? You're right. close to the, the top guys in, in sports in motocross media, okay? Well, Bob Ryan goes into a season writing about the Patriots or you know the Celtics. They're going to be good, and he can write that and be pretty darn confident they're going to be good because he knows the players and he knows what they do, and they kind of are predictable in their sport. Well, for you trying to predict, or us trying to predict what Ken Roxon's going to do, I mean, he looked like the fastest rider on earth in Nashville. And then fast forward to this weekend in Denver, and he went backwards in the main event. So Justin Bogle, he was riding around winning LCQs a month ago, and now he's battling for podiums like what the hell is going on with these yeah, guys no yeah, it makes no sense no cooper webb terrible last year now he's gonna win the championship like there is no possible way week to week or year to year to know what the hell these guys are gonna do i just yearn for the consistency of tim ferry just well, get, and, get, and a, get a bad start and work that, forward and get third you know, it's funny because it's almost like this is the new wave yeah. of, you know, I don't want to use the word millennials, but look at, you know, Carmichael, Stewart, Dungy, Filippoto, Reed. Like, they were as predictable as the sun coming up. Like, you knew what they were going to do week in and week out. There wasn't this wide range of variants. And I don't know, I don't know what to point to. I don't know where it comes from or why, but it's not the same way it used to be. I mean, we could almost predict the podium every single week with yeah. pinpoint accuracy 10 years ago. Yeah. That, that's not good for the sport, but that's where it was. Right. Now no. it's just not that way right now. Yeah, I like it. It's just it's just hard to cover because, like, what is Bogle, right? Like, he just wins his heat race, gets fourth. He's been riding good on the board lately. And, and uh, so, JT. But Sabachi, too. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Sabachi's in yeah. there. Like, yep. it just doesn't make any sense. After a, after a wildly up and down 250 career, now he's just one of the best 450 guys. No big deal, like, every time. Even hurt. Like, he's half hurt. And he's still just running around in the top five. No big deal. Um, uh, Baggett, JT, you're you're close to the team. Did he mention anything about what happened? Because it was pretty uninspiring until about halfway through the main event, and all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, look at Blake Baggett. Yeah, I think he was he was stuck. I think it was a partly byproduct of the track. Um, he never really looked that great all day. I think he qualified maybe eighth, uh, and then the start didn't really happen for him. And then he was stuck behind. He got into a Justin Hill, and then he was stuck behind Roxon. Um, so I think he kind of got warmed up in his El Chupacabra style, and then it was just really tough to pass. I, I, he ran it in on Joey a few times, uh, but he just didn't have that one spot where he could make a move, and no. I think he got frustrated towards the end. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a horrible race. It just, yep. you know, the, the start has been the catalyst for him, uh, and he just didn't get it this time. Uh, we, did you see what happened to Osborne late? I didn't. He lost two spots. I don't know what the deal – did he crash? Did, did he – no, I didn't realize that. Because uh, yeah. he was, 
kind of kind of in it, like kind of on Roxon's tail a bit. Yep, he was sixth, uh, sixth forever, and then I don't know what happened late in the race. Somehow he lost two spots. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. He's um, costing me. He's costing me relationships in the pits, by the way, too. I just want everybody to know that Zach Osborne is. Well, I told you he 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 needs to lose your number. You need to lose his number. You guys need to. You need, <laughs> you're better off separating each other. The poor guy. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Rox. By the way, our uh, our buddy Darkside, Darkside he helps helps you out on pulp. Uh, he came loaded for bear in the post race press conference. And he asked Marvin and Cooper about how can you possibly get along. And Marvin's like, I feel like we got this asked this question last week. Like, they're so annoyed with this. Like, they're going to keep saying they get along. Uh-huh. Guys like the two of you are going to keep saying you don't believe it. And they're going to keep saying everything's fine. And then you guys are going to keep not believing it. So we, we'll roll it to yet another week of the press conference. Uh, Webb said everything's cool. You guys like to beef it up. You guys like the beef, and you just beef up the beef. Is what Webb said. Beef up so, the beef. Oh, okay. You guys like the beef. You like to beef up the beef. Okay. Yeah. All right. But it makes sense. It's true. We are trying to beef up the beef. They said there is no beef. Well, there's no riff. There's no friction. But I know you guys are right now are saying you don't buy it. Well, so it's more, we J- more JT than I for sure. But JT, hundred percent. And I bring this up because Osborne is the one that you're usually bringing this up to. That's what brought me to this topic. Go ahead, JT. Well, I think for Webb, absolutely. That's the party line. Why would you try to create something that doesn't have to be there? I don't think I don't think Cooper has any reason to be upset. If anybody's going to be upset, it's Marvin. And if I guess at the end of the day, if Marvin doesn't see any reason to be upset and he's cool, then it's going to be cool. And that, like you know, like we said from the beginning in this, the past couple weeks, Marvin's the one that's going to decide if there's a problem or not. None of us. Not, not Cooper, not nobody. You know, if, if Marvin's the one that has a, if he doesn't have a problem, then there is no problem. And if he's saying there's not, and he's certainly not riding like there is, you know, he's he's not taking any shots at Cooper. Cooper actually hit him again, and I think on accident in practice this weekend. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess I will take it at face value because Marvin's not really doing anything about it if he was upset. Um, poor Dean Wilson having a great year, uh, crashed hard in the main event. Knocked knocked his shoulder out. Uh, bike malfunction, I guess. So uh, ugly, yeah. ugly deal for Dean. Bummer. Sports dangerous, and uh, it sucks when you don't make a mistake and, and things like that happen to your bike for sure. No, you know it's uh, yeah, it happens. So Dean Dean might be out for a while. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. It's, no, uh, it's right right around the time he needed to be riding his best to lock up a twenty twenty spot. Um, I think he absolutely deserves one. It's just it's still bad timing, man. You want to be, you want to go in with every ounce of, you know, uh, leverage you have, and an injury doesn't help that. Nope. Um, uh, Josh Grant, a Weege, we we going up for the night show. We ran by Jimmy Perry, the manager. We're like, how's it going? He's like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's had a rough time over there at Monster Energy Yamaha the last couple of weeks, but Josh Grant. Held it together and got a ninth. He did it. He did. He did. I mean, yeah. Even they're aware, maybe because they saw this several weeks in a row, right? That um, you know, expecting him to put in twenty-eight to potentially thirty clean laps was definitely fingers crossed. But I just feel like he was due. Like one of these weekends, it was going to work. That's kind of the way it's always been with Josh Grant, and uh, we're still there. I don't know why he was going so balls out fast in the unbelievably tough whoops in Seattle in his first race in quite some time. But he did, and it bit him. Uh, dude, there was zero drama. Like, it's, I swear I didn't see him make one mistake, one wheel wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
all of a sudden. Yep. Just rock solid. Uh, Justin Hill got 10th. By the way, Josh Grant was not off the couch, just for the record. Not off the couch. Um, yeah, not three races in. Uh, no longer off the couch. Justin Hill, 10th. Good job for Justin, breaking the top 10. We know it hasn't been easy for him, but from what I looked, from what I saw, and when I watched him, he he looked aggressive. He looked like he was trying. He, yeah, he rode rode well. So, well, I, so those two that you just mentioned, I had both on my Fulcrumex fantasy team. You had Hill. You about, rolled the dice on Hill. I did. I did. And you want to talk about being nervous watching two guys ride around in ninth and tenth that are both scoring a ton of points that you have zero confidence in? Right. That was me. <laughs> I was full pucker for the last 10 minutes of the race, just praying that they wouldn't do anything stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, Bowers 11th. We're, we're reaching the point of the series here, everybody. Um, where, Finally there. Well, yeah, it took, took longer, but Seeley broke a wheel, so I had to pull in the pits and get a wheel change. Dino crashed out, so we are reaching the point of the series. And, and good for these guys, but, you know, John Short and uh, LaFrancois and Polo Telly. Brees, Brees was up front too. Nice start by Brees. Yeah, it was. Yeah, damn, good job for Brees. Uh, he got a season best fourteenth, and A Ray got a season best fifteenth. Um, watching the Hep guys go around the triple <laughs> in practice <laughs> was odd. But it was a team orders. Why get? Yeah, it was hilarious. So to explain, it was snowing and the track was getting slippery, but really specifically in one corner before the triple out of a ninety degree corner. So it was a little bit hard to get the triple, but. Pretty much everyone was able to do it, except all three Hep Suzuki riders who kept just going around it. Yeah. So you had, I don't know how many riders would have been in that practice, 20-some, right? Yeah. So you had 20 riders. I think Bogle's like throwing one, one-handers over it, probably. And just the Hep Suzuki guys going around. And then it was really exciting, because as soon as you got onto that plywood to go around the triple, it was like watching an enduro cross race. You're just waiting for them to crash. <laughs> it's just the whole time, it's like, oh, 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 oh. I mean, Unless A-Ray... You- Oh. I, I guess A-Ray didn't crash. I mean, he almost crashed nine times on that plywood. No, he crashed other places nine times, though. He yeah, had, he crashed, he crashed nine times on the dirt. Long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it was Hep Suzuki. Man, maybe they just said, yes, go. They almost built, like, a little trail. Like, there was an exit line <laughs> around the triple. Um, and, oh, yeah, unless he went down on the plywood. That's unless right. he went down first lap, first practice. Uh, I don't know. I missed the part where he cased or something or whatever he did. And he flew under the into the plywood, and he went down hard. And Ferrandis did, too. Ferrandis is lucky he didn't hurt a knee, man. Uh, that wasn't good yeah, either. I thought it was the handlebar there. Dude, it's crazy. So, yeah. um, that was that was interesting. Uh, Chad, Reed, Chad Reed was up with us in yeah. the press box, and that's always interesting to have Chad up there in the press box. Yep. Um, everybody yep. sucks. I think with the hep. Everybody sucks. Uh, every, everything is easy. Uh, and this and that with Chad. That's, that's, where you sit. that's where you get sitting next to him. Yeah, I was the subject of many of those. Every, everything sucks, and you suck, and this is why you're bad for many years. So I know that conversation. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, uh, with that, with the hep thing, I just want to touch on. I think with the altitude, I think you are seeing a little bit of that because with Chisholm, he mentioned all the changes they made. You know, they went three teeth up on the sprocket, and they made ignition changes and flywheel changes. I think just in that in the early practices, they weren't. You know, they don't have factory tuners over there working on their stuff, so I think you were just seeing them have to adapt to the altitude and the, the snow and everything going on. I just think that it took them longer to get their bikes, you know, ready to, ready to race than the, the rest of the factory guys around them. Yeah, I mean, Osborne told us on the fly show that it was uh, um, 30% less power. I just, I, I think that's high. That's a high it's number. It's a lot, man. I, it's a lot. We're racing Lakewood, 
I remember, you know, the only time I've ever done a first-year start in my life is Playbook National. And, I mean, it, you basically just held your 450 wide open all the way around the track. Like, it's yeah. so much slower than, than normal. So, I, I don't know the numbers. I don't know if 30% right. is right or wrong. But it is really noticeable. Okay. Um uh, what else? Uh, 450 wise, John Short first career, second career 450 Supercross, first career main event for John Short. Good job for John. Uh, good dude. Um, Lafrancois, uh, Dan Truman, of course, helping him out for fantasy reasons only. Uh, Dan got him some boots. He showed up without boots. Somehow, our buddy Moser's involved in getting him boots. Um, if anybody's listening from Garnet, can they please get this guy some boots? Um, because he wore Jimmy D's boots this weekend or something. I, I don't – and they were the wrong size. There's a lot going on with LaFrancois and his boots. I just – this is an ongoing thing. And, and, and of course, and I can't quite figure out what was going on. So, um, Well, the best part is that he's now Moser is a contact, which for those of you who don't know, Moser's really not involved in the sport so much. Like, he's just, you know, kind of – one of us idiots, but he doesn't—he doesn't have contacts in Garnet or any of this. Or stuff photos, or going now, boots, or yeah, photos. right. Now, Louis Francois is reaching out to him, basically as his fixer, and Moser <laughs> doesn't have these capabilities. So. Just uh, yeah, if you're if you're if, if Rathcamp, if you're listening, can you get this kid some boot please, boots, please? Thank He's you. Basically, turning into Truman for Chad. Right, right. Doesn't have any of these. How <laughs> long? Or time or ability? How long, Weege, until Lafrancois flies Moser to the races to just help him? Yeah, this could be it. This could be it. We, he might have his new shorty. Right, right. Ironically, not short, but LaFrancois. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, superb. that'll be interesting. So, Yep. Um, all right, anything else 450-wise? Is Entignap just trying to get this Yamaha pulp money? Cause no, his starts are god-awful. That's the biggest problem. His starts suck, man. Oh, and then, But then he rode really he well. He could have been in that battle. Of course he, he could have. He could have been in that battle. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but you can't start tenth in the LCQ and expect to get there. You're just not going to. He's not that good. Like, if it's a factory guy, yes, you can start tenth in the LCQ and you can get there. Like, Tomac, you know, at, at Nashville. But for Adam, he's good enough to make it, but you can't start put yourself behind the eight ball and still expect to do it. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so, good job to Gardner and Short and LaFrancois and Politelli. Unless he didn't start the main, I wish I uh, would have known that before I picked him in Pulp Mix Fantasy. Uh, not feeling well, I guess, like altitude sickness a little bit. Before the main event, so he never even lined up. Um, oh. Yeah, so he's feeling dizzy and everything. So unless he didn't even start the main. Um, okay, four fifties done. Anybody else? Anything? Nope. All right. Uh, thanks to Race Tech, Race Tech uh, suspension pulp nineteen is the code to save with Race Tech. Uh, Chris Blose uh, using Race Tech to uh, somehow rise from the dead and uh, and still finish the race on the weekend. Thanks to unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought he was dead, and we'll get to that in a I second. Racetech.com, Pulp19. Pulp19 is the code to save. And uh, thanks to those guys for coming on board. Thank you, Fly Racing. Uh, the Formula Helmet is out now. JT, on the Formula site uh, that you guys have is uh, all your testing data that you have against all the other helmets you bought. Now, obviously, um, I'm calling you guys uh, names for not publishing the, the actual helmet brands that you bought and competed against. I would have just laid it out there, but probably um, I also don't have um, lawyers and everything else to to uh, stop me. But uh, you guys did this. You bought other helmets. You tested them, and all that data from all the other helmets, that, that they're not named, but you can see how the formula matches up against uh, many name-brand helmets. It's out there. Yeah, we've... Uh 
we've been working to get this data to where people, you know, the average person that's never looked at anything like this can understand, and that's taken a lot longer than I would have liked, but we finally released it on Friday. Uh, so if you go to formula.flyracing.com, uh, we have we sent out email blasts to uh, social media. It's kind of going to be everywhere. It, it went everywhere on Friday. It's probably going to be even more on Monday. Uh, but, yeah, we tested, including the Formula 10, 10 premium helmet brands out there. And, uh, we, yeah, we didn't name names because we yeah, definitely don't feel like being in lawsuits. Nah, it's just you're never going to win that fight because they're going to say, well, you didn't test it this way or that way or whatever. So, it is what it is, and, and our goal really is to show more of what the formula is doing, not so much what everybody else is doing anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. There's there's rotational tests. There's, you know, the standard linear ECE DOT testing. Uh, there's a lot of information there to delve into, and, and I've already gotten feedback from people that are just trying to dig through it and, and understand it. So I'm excited about it. It's uh you know, we, we went to a third-party independent lab, and, you know, there is no bias. We, we sent them all the helmets and, and paid them what they asked us to pay them and got the results back, and that's what oh, they are. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, just further proof of what we're trying to accomplish. Thanks to Fly, Fly Racing. Thanks to Slick Wash. Use the code Steve at SlickWash.com to save on their three-step wash process. Thank you, Maxis, uh, AJ Canzaro, Racing uh, Denver, mostly to keep his standing in the uh, Pulpomex Yamaha LCQ money uh, point standings. Uh, he uses Maxis. Thank you. Uh, also, Alpine Stars for coming on board. So, all right, 250s. A couple things I heard of 250s. Hampshire to Rockstar for next year. Pretty good source. I think it's going to happen. Either one of you hear that? I did. Um, yeah. Only because I was sitting next to you. Oh, okay. Press box when this was all going down. Uh, not from them, but I did. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, I thought he had another year. I think he told me he had another year. So I don't know how that works, but. Um, yeah, it looks like he's going to go to Rockstar Husky. And uh, I also heard McAdoo filling in at Pro Circuit for outdoors, which makes me think that Forkner is – they're already saying you're not, in, you're not racing outdoors, Forkner. So keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens. Hey, do you remember when we went to Pro Circuit and shot our Supercross preview shows? Yeah. <laughs> and there was literally a sticky note on Mitch's desk. Uh, a camera McAdoo stopped by. Here's his number. He asked you to call him back. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it works sometimes, people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. right, that was there. Yeah. Um, yep. Just straight up on Mitch's death. This is December, before we got the Geico ride again. Yep. Pretty funny. Uh, all right, okay, so AC, yeah, uh, rode great. Moseman rode great as well. Moseman's been really good lately. He stepped up his game, and uh, it's nice to see. He's been qualifying well. Moseman got the whole shot. Moseman led laps. I was worried. Uh, well, I'm not really worried because it doesn't matter for me, but I was thinking on that track, JT, with trying to make something happen, Adam maybe not always being the most patient dude out there, that perhaps he cuts down and clips a tire. Perhaps he uh, tries to force something and they both go down. Uh, but he didn't. But he was trying everything. Yeah, he made mention of that in the interview you did with him. Basically, like, this would be a spot where I would screw up, and I'm not going to screw up tonight. Yep. And uh, I, thought he, I thought he did a really good job of being patient. Um, I think he was also not fortunate, but they were – they were going fast enough to where Ferrandis didn't close the gap, uh, which was good because I think if Ferrandis gets there, right, everything changes. You know, then Adam has to push and get desperate. Maybe Ferrandis gets in there, and makes an aggressive move. Mm-hmm. You never really know what's going to happen, but uh, fortunately for Adam, he was able to make the move before Ferrandis could get there. And uh, you know, once he cleared him, which took a few turns. Uh, but once he cleared him, you kind of got the feeling that it was over. Yeah, uh, I mean, where was? 
Forrest Fernandez is going to really make up time, right, on Adam when he's got yeah. a clear track, right? So, yeah. um, so Adam stretches it out to eight points. Weege, do you like him to hold it on one more race? Do you like him to uh, bring it home? Yeah, that was pivotal, not just for the points, but I feel like he was better than Fernandez throughout the day. Yep. Uh, Fernandez in the press conference, he was not happy. Like, he knows that, you know, doesn't matter where he starts. You just can't finish second in this situation. He knew he had to win. Uh, I, he was super bummed. Uh, he said he really hated riding in the cold and all that. And I know, obviously, everybody had to ride in the same conditions. But overall, I didn't quite see the spark uh, that we've seen in other races from Ferrandis. And Adam really handled, as you said, a situation where he could have blown it uh, and didn't. So it really looks like you take this and you're like, well, who is better in this situation right now? I, I feel like Adam is better than him in practice, in the heat, in the main. Uh, and he's got an eight-point advantage. Uh, so, yeah, that's a huge edge. Right now, I mean, there's the inevitable potential showdown craziness in Vegas, of course. Yep. But if something normal happens, yep. eight points is a lot. Yep. I asked Wilbur about team orders. Like, if you tell Nichols, hey, if Ferrandis is on you, move over and give it to him. And he said there was nothing so far. So I don't know if I totally believed him, but that's what he said. So, because um, right now those three guys, uh, well, I guess with the shootout now, it doesn't matter. It's all it's a moot point now. But those three guys on the on the on the West are. Are a notch above everybody else. Ferrandis, Nichols, AC. So, yeah, and uh, and you know the bonus for Adam in that scenario is with eight points, you know he's going to try to get a good start, which he most likely will. He kind of always does. And then even if you know Ferrandis is near him, he can let Ferrandis go by and just ride behind him. Like he doesn't have to even play games or mess with him at all. Like right. he can just literally, if he needs to, let him. If he just hole shots and wants to run away, that's that's fine too. But if Ferrandis is anywhere near him, he can literally just pull over and say, yeah, go ahead. I'll just right. ride behind you yep. in one spot, two spots, whatever. And it's, there's nothing Ferrandis can do at that point. Nope. Uh, so Nichols got a third, uh, rode well to do that. Uh, the star guys didn't get the start they needed. I I, I got to watch it on TV. I, I didn't get a chance to yet. But I don't. I didn't like Ferrandis' gate pick. It was far inside. Um, so I got to take a look at that and see what's going on. So. Um, all right, uh, what else? Uh, Hampshire rode well to get up to fourth. He got Mosman late in the race. As we spent, as we said, Weege, Mosman's been good lately. Yeah, I talked to him a lot after he came to the press conference. Again, I applaud any rider outside of the podium position who comes to the press conference. Please, more of it. If they do, uh, I'll start going. If we get more, I'll go. Yeah, we got uh, Gas Monkey guys and Mosman and then podium guys. So that's not exactly killing it, but I do appreciate those three coming by. Um, Starling, Merriam, and Moseman, but let's get some more. Uh, Bogle, Bogle, come on, like, Bogle, come to the press conference. Probably best Supercross ride of his life. Bring it. Yep. Anyway, so I talked to Moseman for a while. I'm like, dude, I can just, and all three of us have said it. I'm like, I can, I can tell you're just trying harder, pushing harder. And he's like, no, I'm actually trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to, you know, make it come easier and right. got into some, psychology of getting in the zone where you slow things down and it comes easier. So I don't, I feel like I see, I see him riding harder than ever. He feels like he's doing the opposite, but either way, it's really, yeah. well, really working. If he keeps yeah. riding like this, I will start, to, I will start taking him off my list of Bailey, Cantrell, Falk, Mosman, guys that I say, why? Why? Yeah. So locking the triples, um, locking the triples and getting a ride. Yeah. McAdoo got the start almost and then almost died. Uh, he sent it, so uh, yeah, McAdoo was uh, exciting to watch as always. Uh, Jimmy D, not a good race for Jimmy D. Uh, third overall, third third early, going after second, I think at some point, 
and then just kind of dropped back and I talked to Buddy Antonez and said he made mistakes and got tied and you know once those guys kind of ate him up. So I don't I don't think that I was not a good race with Jimmy D. Not from what we've seen uh, lately. He's better than that. So uh, yeah, his skills and his speed are really good. You know, so he should be podi- getting podiums more. He does get them, but I mean he should be getting them more. Yeah, when Fred when uh, C and Cirillo couldn't get uh, Bozeman, he actually rolled up on them. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I figured he must have crashed because both Hampshire and McAdoo got by him pretty quickly. Yep. And we had Ben there, Chad's mechanic, sitting in front of us. I'm like, did he go down? He's like, no. Uh, I mean, he just got zapped. Yep. Yeah. Starling rode well to get an eighth. Merriam, that's Merriam's best finish in Supercross. He finally is healthy, he told me. So good job for yep. Merriam. Uh, Blos, JT, Blos. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you. I, I, I seriously was like. <laughs> I was so concerned that he was really, really hurt. And then two to three minutes later, he's, like, sending it, passing, re- unlapping himself with no front number plate, <laughs> just going for it. Like, I, I have no idea what the hell happened. I thought he was carted off already. Like, the ambulance came. They, they, they put his body in a body bag. They, held him, they caught, carried him off because he was gone. And it's somebody in the press box, Weed, you were next to me. Somebody's like, Maybe it was Chris Kiefer. They're like, Blos is out there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Blos is out there. No, he's yeah. not. He's and not hauling, <laughs> hauling ass. Yes. He was going for like he was. Dude. I think he thought there was like a lucky dog award where he was going to unlap himself and get back in the race or something. Like it was. He was making Dude. block passes for guys that were he was a lap down on. I would love to ask at that point. Did he know what city he was in or anything? Do you think? Do you think he knew any? <laughs> Anywhere that he was in, um, I don't. He didn't. He laid him. He didn't move. He looked like he was dead. I don't understand. <laughs> nice job for yeah, Blosser. I, I, I wish we had video. I wish we had video of that whole, that whole <laughs> dynamic of him crashing, laying there for dead, and then who the hell did he convince to let him go back out there? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Right. Like, hey, are you good? Yeah, I'm he good. Back first on the concrete, and that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the those jumps you're talking about where Marvin was struggling before the easy triple. Yeah, he was back first on the concrete. I don't and, know, man. And just ripping. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. Zombie, zombie Chris blows. <laughs> zombie, zombie Chris blows rose from the dead and and he's like, well, you know that, world, that movie World War Z, like the zombies are like yep. superhuman, like they're not the one they. Yeah, he turned in turned in one of the best laps of the night, half dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. <it> was, <laughs> Basically, zombie Chris Blos, uh, fantastic. So yeah, well, that that would be a situation where my dad would point to the lap time sheet and said that guy was not really even amongst the living and turned a better lap time than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my condolences to Chris Blos's family for his death, and I deal. With, and now you have to deal with zombie Chris Blos. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know if he eats flesh. I don't know if you should just like thriller. Right, right, right. So, oh, that was funny when someone was like Blos is passing dudes. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> oh, that I don't even know if any of those passes advanced him. I think he might have been. Was he two no. laps down? No, no, no. He, they, yeah. Oh, he was multiple laps down. Right. It was doing nothing. He was passing all these guys, and it was not affecting his results at all. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm going to look at the lap chart here um, for blows. I see him in 16th here with the last lap. Um, so maybe. Yeah, he was un- unlapped himself, or maybe Leonet. Oh, and okay. As I'm looking through this results chart right now. Yeah. One name sticks out. Uh, well, On the results sheet, it says Robin. <laughs> but no one goes by that. It's Jerry. Listen, 
I talked to Jerry. He had a tire problem. Oh. A tire. Thank he said the, God. the tire. The tire. Tired be- problem? <laughs> the tire belt <laughs> broke and was like rolling over on his rim. It's the weirdest thing ever. I don't know how you would make that up, but that's what he said. No, I believe him. I don't think he's lying. I mean, I, I, please, God, have it be something. Because what was going on with Jerry and that man? He took a little mid-race, mid-race siesta at some point, and then he started tripling things, and then he stopped, and then he was tripling. And how about uh, how about the whole press box around us just cheering for Jerry for fantasy purposes? It, it's 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 awesome. It's amazing. Uh, we're, we're idiots, by the way. We're all idiots. But yeah, in uh, in practice, two fifty practice. I think Way and Chad Reed were watching Jerry more than anybody else. Yep. Catch the fever, everybody. Nick's like. I don't know, man. Jerry's clutch cover is worn out. And I'm like, well, I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? He's like, it means he's been riding a lot. I like that. I like that. Oh, okay. okay. I'm like, okay, all right. And then at some point he's like, Jerry was on a 125 out on the sand track, and he was crushing it a few weeks ago. If He, was, he needs a 125. That's another comment from Nick Way. So. Yeah, that, that sand track is really paid off on the icy snow, snow-covered surface of Denver. I don't know, but once Je- yeah, Jerry was Randy Valade was up there and, and everything. So um, I did not pick him. I I did not pick him. I was almost positive that Jerry was going to Jerry, and he did not let me down. Uh, Costello eleventh time this year, first time I've ever rolled the dice on Jerry, and this is what I get. He's still well, not really care. to me. Jerry point. making the mains. Once Jerry makes the main, good yeah. for Jerry. I can't take it away from him. the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once he's in the main, he's still scored thirty something points. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he went from the, the most of the Jerry drama was by him not making mains. Like now he's making mains all the time. So that's huge improvement. Good for him. Yep. Um. Uh. Castell- Lopes came back from injury. Uh. Got tenth. Good job for Lopes. He uh didn't look good in the heat when he crashed out and he had to go to the LCQ. But good job for for Lopes. Um. Good yep, well. What else? Uh, I don't know who Blaine Silveria is, but good job, Blaine. We're making mm-hmm. a main event. Uh, March Banks crashed Johnny out early. Garcia. March Banks crashed out. Uh, yeah, third the, turn. Uh, yeah. I think. I think uh, I heard that McAdoo cross jumped him, but I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah, but I heard that. Yeah. So, um, Wageman's been riding well. Good job for Wageman. Thirteenth. Uh, actually, yeah, killing it with that. That's good. Good work. Carnell has been a main event guy lately. Good job for Carnell. So, uh, yeah. All right. We're uh, we're on to uh, New York, and we have a week off. And I cannot tell you two people on the line here how much I am. You don't looking have f- to. With what? You don't have to. You don't have to tell me. I'm with you. <laughs> I am going to relish this weekend off like I've never relished a weekend off. I, I am, uh, yeah. It's going to be the best Easter ever. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. So, uh, Maybe I'll call up zombie Chris Blow to see what he's doing. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> all right, anything else? Anything else for Denver? Uh, crowd was good. Crowd was into it. Um, I wasn't a fan of the, some of the security people working at Denver uh, necessarily, but uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Um. Yeah, I hope, I hope they come back. I feel like these two, this and Nashville, I feel like they were hits. Yep. So hopefully they come back. Yep, I agree. Um, even though it was the greasy Broncos. As a Raider fan, I didn't really like being around the greasy Broncos. But, yeah, it was it was good. So 
You're in uh yeah, you're in enemy territory. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um Brian Greasy. I don't know, but I want to make a lit kid award or some sort of award for zombie Chris Blows. Here you go, dude. <laughs> like thank you. Thank you. We thought you were dead. Um uh, okay. So yeah, on to New York, weekend off. Um Bummer for Dean. Good job, Bogle. Uh, great work, Tomac. Thanks for everybody coming to the live show. Oh, JT, I, I know you'll be interested in this. I was looking at some photos from the race, and I'm sure you can't really comment, but uh, Ken Roxon's visor has screws in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, I'll, I'll have to stay away from that officially, but yes, uh, yes, yes. I can I can certainly understand why that happened. <laughs> I, uh, I was zooming in, and I'm like, wait. It was a kind of a corner shot. I'm like, wait. I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, those are screws. So, yeah. Uh, Weege, anything else? Well, we're doing another live show in New Jersey, by the way, here. Hint, hint, folks, and in Vegas. So, east or west. Oh, yeah. Come we and should, join us. We should pump that yep. up. Yep, absolutely. Patterson, New Jersey, I think it's called, or the loft in, uh, in uh, close to the stadium. The space in Vegas. Get tickets while you can. I think, do we have Reed locked down uh, for Vegas special guest? I don't that way. Anything that's ever locked down. Yeah, I don't feel like it's. We're trying. We hope it's locked down. Um, I, I don't know. We need to go through Dan and then remind Chad over and over. But he'll have fun. It'll be good. So, well, hopefully, Chad yeah, seemed really interested in being on stage with uh, Villapoto together, yep. having some drinks. Yep. To which I said, at that point, we'll just leave the stage and we'll just come back. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. It'd be great. So, they, they can yeah. talk about how great they were and how everything sucks now. Yep. Yep. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be. So, yeah. um, thanks to uh, Fly Racing. Thank you, Maxis. Thank you, Alpine Stars. Uh, Slick Wash. Um, anything else, boys? That's nope. it. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys. All right. Later. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. 
until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.